0: Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org slash events.
1: I'm Sasha Ann Simons and this is Reset. President Biden has said every American adult will be eligible for the COVID-19 vaccination on April 19th two weeks earlier than before. Mayor Lori Lightfoot says she's on board with that date, but she added a caveat. We do want to be aligned with uh, the president's objective, but understanding uh, that we need uh, more vaccine. And I want to be clear that when we open up on April 19th, that doesn't mean that very day everybody's going to get access to vaccine. So what do the Chicagoans working to get as many vaccines into as many arms as possible? Think about this latest news. Let's check in with a few of them, starting with Bob Ryder, president of the Chicago Federation of Labor. His organization just opened up a vaccine center for its members in Chinatown. Bob, why did the CFL want to open a vaccination center specifically for union members?
0: You know, we have essentially two categories of workers that we're looking at. The folks who sacrifice their careers, you know, are members who work in the travel, tourism and entertainment industry who have been unable to work uh, over the course of last year. And then also our uh, members who have been essential workers who needed to go to work to make sure that Chicago kept functioning. Our folks who work uh, in construction and infrastructure are people who work in manufacturing and production, people who make sure that food stocked on the shelves at our grocery stores, these workers who fall. And then of course, our, our folks who are first responders, you know, we, We represent workers who uh, work in our hospitals, nurses, LPNs, the people who clean the hospitals, as well as um, firefighters and uh, other first responders. So, you know, we have workers that are in 1A, 1B, and 1C who have been out there doing the hard work over the course of the entire pandemic.
1: Right. And the vice president, Kamala Harris, she visited your your vaccination clinic yesterday. Can you talk to us about her visit and what it means to local unions and and their members?
0: It was incredibly powerful. You know, the vice president, along with President Biden, have both been talking to the American people over the course of the last several months about how important it is to get your vaccination shot when it's your turn. And, uh, you know, as we moved into 1C just over a week ago, and um, our essential workers here in Chicago have now... um, been given access to vaccinations. It was incredible to have Vice President Harris to see the work that we're doing through uh, the labor movement to make sure that those essential workers are getting access to vaccine as we, you know, hope to have over 50 percent of our um, population here in the state of Illinois vaccinated by the summertime.
1: How would you say that the CFL's uh, center, uh, vaccination centers, is helping to promote equity? In this
0: rollout? So the Chicago labor movement is approximately a third black, a third uh, Latinx, and a third white. So when you look at the city's population and you look at the cross-section of people you want to vaccinate in order to create that equity, there's no greater pull to draw from than the the working class folks that are represented in the labor movement.
1: So with the expansion of eligibility that's, that's coming in the next few weeks, what do you say that will mean for the CFL's vaccination efforts?
0: It's another important step because as we look at the summer and the potential for the uh, reopening of the Chicago Auto Show, uh, more tourism being driven to downtown, hopefully our hotels and restaurants um, are going to be doing even more business and office workers too who Work in the our high rises. Uh, our unions represent the security agents, the people who clean our buildings, and others. This is going to be a big deal. Our folks who are musicians and stagehands and work in all these different venues that have been closed down effectively for a year. If if they don't fall into one C, they'll cert, there's of course everybody else falls into category two, and we have members there, and we just want to we want to get Chicago back working at full steam.
1: Bob Ryder is the president of the Chicago Federation of Labor. Bob, thanks for stopping by.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Let's turn now to someone working on Chicago's southwest side, an area that's been hit very hard during this pandemic. Miguel Blancarte Jr. is director of COVID-19 response and community outreach at Esperanza Health Centers. Hi,
2: Miguel. Welcome back. Hi. Good afternoon, Sasha.
1: Talk to us, Miguel, about your reaction to the president's announcement and what we heard from Mayor Lightfoot.
2: It's a very positive announcement. I was really thrilled to hear, right, that um, more individuals are going to become eligible uh, for the vaccine quicker, right? Essentially, every adult starting on the 19th. And while that is very positive, one of my concerns is making sure that, you know, we continue distributing the vaccine in an equitable manner because I think access to the vaccine itself, um, how individuals are prioritizing who they vaccinate, because as the mayor did say, while everyone will be eligible on the 19th of April, not everyone will be able to get vaccinated that same day or even immediately. Yeah, She
1: said we need more vaccines.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. We need more vaccines to arrive, uh, you know, for the federal government to be able to distribute those uh, that quantity of vaccines um, so that every provider, every clinic, every hospital is able to reach their capacity in distributing.
1: So how are you, how are clinics reaching patients right now to, to either schedule vaccine appointments or to address vaccine hesitancy? How are you doing that? Yeah.
2: Um, some of the things that we're doing here at Esperanza is, um, you know, we're being very proactive in making sure that we reach out to our patients and even to our non-patients, because we, we, we still understand that, you know, there is still some hesitation out there nonetheless. Uh, plus, at the same time, we realize the barriers on technology, for example, that an individual may have in scheduling an appointment if you only rely on the online scheduler. So for us at Esperanza, we are proactively calling our patients and asking them whether they would like to receive the vaccine. If so, we go ahead and schedule them right away. Um, Nonetheless, we do have a social media presence that, you know, we disseminate all of the information, English and in Spanish as well, uh, because, you know, eliminating barriers, that's also to language too. All of our information is updated on our website, uh, esperanzachicago.org, and we indicate, you know, availability um, there as well. Other things that we do too is that we work directly with community-based organizations, and Mm -hmm. that's been something really important. Uh, We Uh, partner with CBOs at the four vaccine clinics that we do operate in the southwest side of Chicago.
1: How many vaccines is Esperanza Health Centers administering, would you say, on a daily or weekly basis?
2: On a weekly basis, uh, we are um, administering thousands of vaccines. I mean, put it this way, yesterday, uh, I'm very thrilled and happy to say that we did across the 50,000 vaccine threshold. Uh, so we've we've administered over 50,000 vaccines. On a daily basis, we're doing about 1,400, 1,500, uh, and that's per day, and we are operating six days a week. Okay.
1: So I'm curious, Miguel, even with vaccinations ramping up right now across the city, across the state, is COVID testing still important?
2: Yes, 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 and that is something that, you know, I, I share with community members with our different partner organizations and it's just a message that I like to share because I know the importance of testing because it serves as a way of distinguishing and finding out determining if somebody is COVID positive or not so that that person can isolate uh, a quarantine uh, safely there are different resources available for an individual if they can't do that at home because again understanding multi-generational homes and different barriers but testing is a way of distinguishing whether you do have the virus or not. And, you know, so that if you do, so that you protect others, because that's really what it's about, about protecting others, saving lives, especially with the different variants that are being more prevalent and not only more prevalent in our city now, but also their infection rates are higher than the um, original variant, the original strain of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, thank you for your good work. That is Miguel Boncarte Jr. He is Director of COVID-19 Response and Community Outreach at Esperanza Health Centers. Good to have you here, Miguel.
2: Thank you so much.
1: And let's turn now to Bonnie Blue. Some of you may remember Bonnie. I first checked in with her a few months ago to hear about why she decided to participate in a COVID-19 vaccine trial. Bonnie was actually the first person here in Chicago to receive a Moderna shot, which is pretty amazing. And she joins us now. Hi, Bonnie. Great to have you back.
3: Well, good afternoon, Sasha. Wonderful to be with you.
1: So how are you feeling, Bonnie, about this uh, announcement from the president? What's your reaction that you know all American adults are now going to be eligible for a shot starting April 19th, which is very, very soon?
3: I am so excited, I cannot tell you, because people that, you know, it's like there have been so many people that contracted the virus, and they, you know, became frightened and realized that, yes, this is real, and they want to know where to go to get it. They're ready to get it. I mean, my family, I had a family, because as you probably know, I talk a lot, so (laughs) this this is my soapbox. So, you know, I'm telling my family, keep the mask on. No, you don't have to have everybody over for Thanksgiving, and please get your vaccine. And it's oh, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, well, they waited. And seven of my family members outside of Detroit ended up with the virus. Four of them in ICU, wow. one on life support, and... Um, It was hard. She's still on oxygen and a a walker at home. Mm. My daughter, who's a professor, she's like, well, Mom, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Why are you going to wait? You spent most of your years, your young years, at Larbita's Children's Hospital for severe asthma. Turns out she contracted the virus, her husband, and her little boy. Wow. I'm so happy that it's open now. And actually, I'm just coming back from taking my sister, my younger sister, to get her vaccine. Um, Bonnie, you're a saint.
1: You're a saint. You know, you were the first in Chicago to get a Moderna shot. You got your second. You say it's safe. You say you trust the science. What is your overall message then to anybody who is still Debating, listening to the show right now, maybe, debating whether or not to get this vaccine.
3: All right. The thing is, your life is important and it matters. You need to do whatever you can do to save your life, to be there for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grands. Because I don't care how old you are, you are holding a piece of your family history in you. You need to pass that on. Also, for African-Americans, we survived slavery and then Jim Crow, and we've, we've been battling everything to survive. So take that fight that is born in you to save your life, to be there for your family. Because if you're listening to, you know, and I don't want to be mean, but little weird things about microchips and all of this other insanity off of social media, and you're willing to risk your life listening to an, in, an individual that is invisible and is hiding behind there. When you're laying in ICU, you. your family can't be there with you. And definitely not whoever wrote yeah. the crazy things on there. Nobody will be with you. So please live. You're here for a reason. Fight for it.
1: And I know from our earlier conversation, Bonnie, you have asthma on top of all this, right? And you you also have been diagnosed with sarcoidosis, which is uh, it it increases your risk of of fighting off a COVID infection. But you still decided to do this, and and you're thinking about other people of color and the public at large.
3: Yeah, this is humanity. And, you know, people say, you hear it all the time, oh, I would die for my children. I would do something— Live for your children. I have uh, sarcoidosis and uh, asthma. I have been on life support thirteen times for my asthma, which is, let me tell you, no fun. But I decided that I—I'm no saint. I just wanted to live, and if I didn't live through it, at least we would have more information so that we can make things so that others can live. We're all one family. I don't care if you're polka dot, plaid, striped, green, purple, white, black, doesn't matter. We're all human beings, and we're all suffering from this, I mean, worldwide. So we all have a responsibility to, you know, help our neighbor, help our sister, our family, our friend. If you aren't comfortable with taking the vaccine right now, Please, please, please keep your mask on, social distance, even after you get the vaccine, wear your mask. There are so many variants out here, and I am afraid that I might have something, not know it, and pass it on to somebody that I love, or even a total stranger. But we have to all fight this war together.
1: Great message there. That is Chicago resident Bonnie Blue. Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us again.
3: Oh, absolutely. And you guys stay safe and thanks for reaching out. Thank you.
1: And that's today's Reset. For the best, most up-to-date information about the pandemic and the vaccine rollout, go to WBEZ.org and watch this podcast feed. Every Sunday morning, Dr. Mia Taramina answers listener questions about COVID-19, the different vaccines and the latest science on how to keep you and your loved ones safe. Just make sure you're subscribed to the Reset podcast. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We will meet again soon.
3: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more.